people of God. It is our great privilege as God's people to come together in worship and to declare the works of our God. We do that in the words of the Apostles' Creed found on page 3 in the back of the Psalter hymnal. It is a declaration of the people of God. It, it does highlight the work of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that one only true God. As we confess together and say, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only begotten Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe a holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Well, let's respond praising that triune God, turning to number 318, number 318, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. We'll sing together the four stanzas of 318.
people of God, let us draw near to our Lord in prayer. Our gracious God and Heavenly Father, we come before you in this evening hour and we bring all glory and honor to your holy name. We thank you that you are the holy, holy, holy God, the one only true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we thank you, O God, that you have revealed yourself in your word and in history, in the redemptive work culminating in all that you've given us through the gift of giving us your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, sending him into the world. We thank you that He was obedient to death, even death on the cross. And we praise Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And, O Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you that you have called us out of darkness into your marvelous light. That you have called us uh, from being under the curse uh, to, to being under your blessing. And, O Father, we thank you for calling us as those who were not a people, to be your people, the people of God, calling us out of light, uh, out of darkness into light, calling us from those who are blind to being able to see. We thank and praise you, O God, for this great and wondrous salvation and for the new relationship that we have with you as a result. For, O God, you have created us to be a people, Uh, your people, and so we pray that we may live out of the reality of what you have given us day by day in all that we do. We confess that we fall short, we sin, we fall short of the mark, we transgress this clear command, and we thank you once again for the forgiveness that we have in Jesus. Father, we thank you uh, that you do not leave us in our sin, but that you, that you forgive us our sin. You remove even the guilt of our sin and that we stand now before you as those justified in Christ and clothed in his righteousness. And so we give you thanks. And we pray, O oh God, that uh, we may then rejoice in that life that you have set before us. Uh, we uh, give thanks uh, that... O Lord God, that in the reality of that life, that we as your people uh, can know the the joy of uh, salvation and the joy of living the reality of what you have given us in Christ, new life. And so we pray that we might walk faithfully. Heavenly Father, we do not want to forget your law. We rejoice uh, that our heart, a new heart, is in harmony with that law. And we thank you, O God, that however long you give us to live, for length of days and long life, that peace will follow us. O Lord, we thank you. We thank you, O God, that you have not uh, forsaken us, but that mercy and truth Follow us. We, O Lord, pray that we would bind them around our necks, that we would write them on the tablets of our heart. And, Father, that we might then 
find favor before you in your sight and also be a living testimony to those in this world. Father, help us to trust in you with all our heart, to not lean on our own understanding, but in, our, on, in all our ways acknowledge that you are our God and, Father, that you will direct our paths. Help us not to be wise in our own eyes, but to fear you and to flee and depart from all evil. And we thank you, O God, for the promise that this will be health even to our very flesh and strength to our bones. We pray, O God, that we may honor you with the first fruits of our possessions. And, Father, that uh, you would be, uh, that you might bless us with all that we need to live our lives. And we thank you, O God, for the abundance that you give. And so, Heavenly Father, we bow before you and we seek, O Lord, to truly worship in spirit and in truth. Heavenly Father, uh, we pray that you may bring your blessing upon this uh, congregation, their testimony in this community, and to friends and neighbors. We ask, O Heavenly Father, that you would continue to bless the elders and the deacons in their work, and and Father, the pastor, that he may bring uh, that word faithfully week by week, and that he may, with the elders and, and every one of us as those who administer to one another, but be uh, those who would express the fellowship and the communion of the saints, and that the pastor in particular may uh, bring those words of consolation and comfort uh, from your word to, to the individual situation and circumstance of, of the members of, of the congregation here. Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for the great blessings that you give. We thank you for a place that we can worship. Uh, we thank you that in your providence you have brought us to this particular place. And, and now as uh, the brothers and sisters have been here for some time, uh, we're reminded of, of that uh, transition. Oh uh, Lord, sometimes we think uh, that uh, we may uh, not know why we are as a people wandering to and fro, but we thank you, Father, for this place that you have provided and that serves us week to week in uh, the various functions of uh, the work and the worship of the church of Jesus Christ. And we give you thanks and ask your continued blessing. We pray, O oh, Heavenly Father, that you would be with uh, our federation and particularly our classes. Uh, we pray that you would be with the meeting this week. Uh, we pray, Lord, that we may rejoice in those things in, in which we see a hand and uh, we can rejoice in. And we think of a young man who's being uh, examined for the ministry of the word. And we ask, Lord, that uh, you may give him a good account of that which he has prepared for and that, uh, that it may go well. And uh, that we can rejoice uh, together as brothers in Christ to commend him uh, wholeheartedly to the churches of Jesus Christ. And we ask, Heavenly Father, that you would uh, be with the other items on the agenda. Uh, particularly, we pray for the, the concerns that have arisen out of a Walker a United Reformed Church and, and the difficulties between pastor and congregation. Oh, Lord, we pray that... Uh, that you might uh, give us wisdom as classes, uh, Father, that uh, your will may be accomplished and ultimately 
for the benefit of your people and the church of Jesus Christ. And now, Heavenly Father, we pray that you might bless us as we continue to worship, even as you have blessed us. May we continue to be blessed by your grace and your mercy and your peace. Father, may we know that in the living out of the reality of your love and your truth, even as we embrace that truth and express that and express love to you. And so, Heavenly Father, may we have ears to hear what the Spirit says to the church of Jesus Christ. May your word be proclaimed faithfully, and may we hear this as your word to us, not man's word. And so, O oh Lord, may we be nourished, may we be refreshed, may we be challenged, may we grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For it's in his blessed name that we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Our song of preparation is number 316 in the Psalter hymnal, number 316. Now thank we all our God. We'll sing together the three stanzas.
People of God, I invite you to turn with me in the word of the Lord and second uh, epistle of John. The second epistle of John. We're going to be looking at verse 3. We can read the first three verses. People of God, hear the glorious good news of God's saving grace to lost sinners. The elder, to the elect lady and her children, whom I love in truth, and not only I, but also all those who have known the truth because of the truth which abides in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, And peace will be with you from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. Well, people of God, this evening we look together at the greeting of God. And we'll first, in our introduction, we'll uh, consider what a greeting is. And then the content of the greeting, the the giver of the greeting, and the recipients of that greeting. What is a greeting? Well... I think most of us know what a greeting is. We tend to greet one another on a daily basis. Uh, Most of the time, those greetings are rather casual, flippant, punctuary. They are not very significant. Uh, Maybe as God's people, we ought to have a little better greeting of one another than we often do. But this greeting is a greeting... Uh, that is set apart. Uh, it is certainly uh, a common way to begin a letter, even in the ancient world, with a greeting. Uh, but, of course, this greeting is not common to the culture. It is a greeting that is rooted in the Old Testament, it is rooted in God's relationship to His people and is not common in any way. It is of vital importance for us. It sets us apart. Uh, it makes a radical difference between those who experience the greeting of God and those who do not. It is, by its very nature, uh, something that brings an antithesis between the church and the world, between the blessed and the cursed from God. And it is a declaration concerning those who live under the blessing of God and receive uh, the blessing of God. I've been asked many times, what is this greeting? Is it a prayer? Some people, is it a prayer? Um, There are greetings in the scripture that are in the context of a prayer. Uh, 2 Thessalonians uh, 3, uh, verse uh, 16. uh, Though not the greeting, a benediction which follows the same kind of, it's it's of the same kind. A greeting and a benediction are cousins. Uh, They're closely related. They have similar themes. They have similar uh, meanings. And uh, and so in 2 Thessalonians 3.16 uh, says, 
Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. The Lord be with you all. A part of that is a prayer. When you hear the word may, uh, that is a petition. Uh, there, is a, there is elements of prayer within some greetings. Uh, but it is not even that entirely in this greeting. The Lord be with you all. That's, that's not really a prayer. That's a declaration. It is a, a greeting. It's something that is, is placed upon the people of God. Uh, Romans 1 verse 7 is not technically in that sense then a prayer either. Romans 1 verse 7, to all who are, lo- who are in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. That, that's not technically a prayer. It is a greeting. It is an impartation. It is a placing upon, as in the Old Testament uh, is given. Uh, some, gre- some blessings that are given have a future element. Uh, they all have that in some sense. Uh, the grace of the Lord be with you, both in the present and future. In First uh, John, it's Second uh, uh, John. It's a will. There's a future element to it, which oftentimes a greeting, a blessing, a blessing from God is connected to some future aspect. One of the places in the Old Testament where we see the blessing of God in a very particular way uh, is in Genesis 49 at the end of the book of Genesis and Jacob's death and the blessings uh, that he gives uh, in prophecy uh, upon his children. And in uh, Genesis 49 uh, verses 8 through 10 uh, we have a declaration concerning uh, that uh, blessing. Genesis 49, verse 8. Judah, you are he whom your brother shall praise. Your hand shall be on his neck, the neck of your enemies. Your father's children shall bow down before you. Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, you have gone up. He bows down. He lies down as a lion. And as a lion, who shall rouse him? The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh comes, and to him shall be the obedience of the peoples. Uh, There is the blessing of, of Jacob upon Judah, ultimately fulfilled in Jesus Christ, the one who will come. And so here is a blessing that has a future aspect. It has a present aspect for Judah. It has a future aspect. And it is fulfilled in Christ. And ultimately to us as those who, are, who know Christ. This blessing, this blessing from God. Here was an example of a blessing that was specific. It has a prophetic nature. It's a, it has a, a certainty in prophetic proclamation. The blessing of God upon his people is of course most clearly seen in the Old Testament uh, in Numbers chapter 6, uh, verses 23 uh, through 27. And the context of that blessing 
is sometimes good to be reminded of in the context of the blessing of God being conferred upon his people, either in greeting or in benediction. And here, this is what the Lord declares. Speak to Aaron and his son, saying, This is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In this way, pronounce the blessing upon the people. And then verse 27. So they shall put my name on the children of Israel and I will bless them. And now you see, even in the particular blessings of the New Testament and in 2 John, following the pattern that God gives here. So there is a reference to the name of the Lord in this greeting. There is a reference to peace. And so you have very similar declarations. And so as God's people, we apply this, this blessing of God, this unique expression of God to his people to be blessed, to have his name conferred upon us. We have that in practice. And it's practiced in the context of worship and the blessing coming. It's different than even brother and sister greeting one another. It is a blessing that may come in the context of the revealed word of God coming to the church of Jesus Christ as in the epistles. It will have a particular note, but it's a blessing that comes as God's people gather together and and the name is placed upon them. We do not place it upon ourselves. It is placed upon us and that place upon is then within the context of that one who has been ordained by God, whether it's the sons of Aaron or whether it's the ordained minister of the gospel. It is only that one that can bring that. And so to apply that pattern of bringing the blessing that an apostle can bring in divine revelation to the church or the sons of Aaron could bring to the congregation, to the people of God in the Old Testament, so too in this context, in the context of New Testament worship, it's the pastor who brings and confers that blessing. Now, how do we recognize that? This week at classes, we have a young man who's going to be looking to be ordained into the ministry. And he cannot, when he's exhorting the word, when he's teaching the word, even in the context of public worship, he ought not to bless the people as a son of Aaron, in that sense, an ordained office. It's the office of pastor in which is connected that blessing. So you may not have noticed, but may, may, many of you probably have, that a young man studying for the ministry, even though he's given uh, permission to, and he is leading in some ways and teaching and exhorting, he does not raise his hands and bring that blessing. That comes in the context of an ordained office because it's such a unique expression of God speaking to us. We recognize even those who can confer it ought to be ordained to that task, called to do it. That's part of the significance of it, of that blessing. And the nature of the blessing. 
But what is that blessing? What is the context, the content of that blessing? Well, it was, there was reference in the Old Testament. Not every blessing uh, is, has every aspect of, uh, there are, there, they are, they're different. And so in kind of a practical way in which I applied that was I used different greetings. Some pastors have the same greeting that, that summarizes and brings them all together. Totally fine. I have no problem with how different pastors do it. I have, throughout my ministry, just gone to different, into different blessings, different greetings, and used that and, and switched them up. And so sometimes I, I use one and sometimes another. The blessing that I brought to you this evening was from Second John. But that's not the only one I use. And I certainly would want to balance that blessing uh, with a Trinitarian blessing. Not all New Testament blessings are Trinitarian, uh, but many are blessings and greetings. And so um, there, I, I think it would be inappropriate never to use a Trinitarian blessing. But the New Testament doesn't always use it, though it's always there. The work of the triune God is always there. And so, these are the blessings. So what's the blessing conferred? Grace, and and the focus of our blessing that we look at here is grace, mercy, and peace. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with you. We talked about the will. But grace, mercy, and peace. Now, grace is not a common uh, a, a word used in the book of John, in John's writings, but it is critical. It's in the critical places. And one of the critical places that we find grace mentioned is in the beginning chapter of the Gospel of John, John chapter 1. And in there, we, we see the manifold grace of God, its connection to uh, the coming and work of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in John 1, 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And John bore witness of him who cried out saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness we have all received and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Well, people of God, that's that's been a a highlight verse uh, for many in the church of Jesus Christ and summarizes so well the work of Jesus Christ and the person of Jesus Christ. But it also emphasizes this grace upon grace, grace for grace. It's all of grace that is set before us. And now there are some uh, quick definitions of grace. Maybe some of you have heard a G-R-A-C-E, God's riches at Christ's expense. And certainly uh, that is a, a, a part of what uh, grace is. Grace is that undeserved gift that God gives. Uh, there are various commentators and, and Bible dictionaries that define grace. And, and, I, and 
I think it's helpful to just be reminded grace is a word. It has a definition. Uh, This is how uh, one uh, commentator uh, defines these terms, grace, mercy, and peace. Grace removes guilt. Mercy removes removes misery. Peace expresses a continuance in grace and mercy. Another, grace points to the absolute freedom of God's love and relationship to man's helplessness to win it and mercy to his tenderness towards man's misery. Peace stands for harmony, trust, rest, safety, and freedom. It is God's gift to man. From the divine persons of the Godhead, the apostle craves grace, divine favor, goodwill, the spring of all good things. It is grace, indeed, that any spiritual blessing should be given to sinful mortals. Mercy is free pardon. And forgiveness for those already rich in grace need continual forgiveness. Peace is quietness of spirit and a clear conscience and assured reconciliation with God together with all outward prosperity that is really for our good. These are desired in truth and in love. Grace has within it a connotation of an absolute gift. Mercy is pity. Peace with God because of mercy bought by Jesus on the cross. Grace, undeserved love, motivating mercy and experienced in peace. Oh, there are many and manifold ways to express the meanings and content of grace, mercy, and peace that that is deeper uh, than the ocean. It's wider uh, than from, from east to west. People of God, these are words and terms that we could dive into in depth in each one of them having their own sermon without a doubt if not a series on each word grace mercy peace people of god in one sense it is as we noted at the beginning of our worship this is and the sermon This is the very opposite of being under the curse of God. It is being under the blessing of God, experiencing grace and mercy and peace as the people of God. In our day-to-day lives, in our worship, in all that we do, this is God's gift to us. Because you see, people of God, uh, this, uh, this declaration, this giving, uh, His name being placed upon us, this is something that is done to us, not something that we take, that we grab, not something that uh, we earn. It is not earned. It is not deserved. This grace, mercy, and peace will be with you from not our hard work, From God. It is from God. And if God wasn't the giver, none of us would experience it. Grace, mercy, and peace come to us in the context of the divine giver. It is truly a gift. It is a gift from God the Father. Grace, mercy, and peace from God, the true God, the only God, the Father, 
the first person of the triune God, God the Father, that one whom in a totally inconsistent view of the Bible, uh, some would declare he's the, the one who brings the curse and Jesus is the one who brings the grace. There is no such dichotomy within the Godhead. God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit bring the blessing, give the blessing. God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are involved in, in the curse against sin in our world. All God, the one true God, is involved. But it's God the Father has blessed us as children of a father. Certainly, the recognition of the father here reminds us that we are as children. And we might think of ourselves as nursing children, that we could not in any way feed ourselves, clothe ourselves, move ourselves from place to face. We are those who in every way need to be nourished, refreshed, as it were, clothed, transported by our God. God the Father. God recognizing, using the term God here, uh, knowing that God has the power to accomplish uh, the, uh, the promise and the, the bestowal of grace. And then we have His name. And the Old Testament was the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, and the Lord there being the faithful covenant God. But now that we have, now we can, in just as an appropriate way, bestow the name of God the Father upon His children. And so it is the Father who blesses us as Jacob would bless his sons. So, and particularly Judah, so too, people of God, we are blessed by our Father as children of the mother. And we saw that, if you might remember, uh, the elect lady, the mother church and her children the members of the church, we are blessed by God. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you from God the Father, from the one, from the true God. And now we find those striking words in this greeting. Uh, words that would be shocking uh, to the Old Testament belie- believer. Uh, it would be... Uh, you, you would find them shocking from God the Father. Okay, that's, that's good. We're blessed from the Lord. And now, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. You would think that that would be like an Old Testament person hearing something like this. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord and Moses cause his face to shine upon you. The Lord and Moses? Blasphemy. That would be blasphemy. To put Moses side by side with the Lord, that is unheard of. That is not found anywhere in the Old Testament. That that grace and mercy and, and peace would come from God and someone else? From the Lord and someone else? But this isn't someone else. This is God the Son, 
the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, The word Lord in the New Testament, uh, translating the Old Testament word Lord over and over. And in fact, that's why when our translations of the Bible, we translate Yahweh with the word Lord is because in the New Testament Greek, the New Testament God ordained that the word Lord be used to translate the covenant name for God in the Old Testament. Lord, Yahweh, is translated with the word Lord. And that same word that the New Testament translates Old Testament passages that refer to the name of God as Yahweh, Lord, that same word Lord is given to Jesus. And he's declared Lord. And we see it even closer in his name, the name Lord Jesus, Jesus being itself, Yahweh saves, Yahshua. I am saves, the name Jesus. And now you have Jesus being declared as Lord, but this one who was incarnate is Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus is the one that gifts us and graces us with grace, mercy, and and peace, and the Father. People of God, it it is an amazing, totally appropriate, in every way, restructure of the Old Testament blessing to add and the Lord Jesus Christ. But no human, no man ought to be added in such a place. But Jesus is not only true man, he is true God. But his incarnation is emphasized as well when it mentions Jesus Christ. Because Christ is that title of Jesus that most particularly focuses on his incarnation and his work as true man. True man as a priest. True man as a king. True man as a prophet. In every way. Fulfilling every aspect of headship of his people. Not only the one who performs the sacrifice, but who is sacrificed, who is the great revealer of truth as the prophet, and who rules in every way on our behalf as king and has every, in every way showers us with his blessing. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. The Son of the Father. We're so used to the phrase, you know, Jesus and the right relationship to the Father, and He is the only begotten Son. And, and yes, we're used to that, but, but people of God marvel at that. The Son of the Father. This is the only place in the, all of Scripture that uses this exact phrase. Son of the Father. The concept is all over. But it's only here in 2 John that this phrase is used. Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ, 
the Son of the Father. That's not how the Bible describes my relationship to God. It's not how it describes your or anyone's relationship to God. It is only Jesus that is described by Son of the Father. Now, Son of God is only of Jesus. The phrase Son of God appears 46 times. It's of the same nature as Son of the Father, but it appears 46 times, once in the Old Testament, which we're confident because of the unique usage of it throughout the New Testament, that when, the, when, the, uh, when it was declared that the Son of God was in the fiery furnace, that that was a, a pre-incarnate revelation of Jesus. But that's the only place in the Old Testament Son of God is used. And 46 times in the New Testament, it's only used of Jesus, never anywhere else. Calls us sons of God, children of God, yes, but son of God, like saying, Paul, son of God, never. Moses, son of God, never. Only Jesus, son of the Father, son of God, my beloved son is used eight times in all of Scripture, only in reference to Jesus. Notice the uniqueness of this blessing and what is said of Jesus in this phrase, Son of the Father. Oh, it truly reflects the truth revealed in John chapter 10, 27 through 31. John chapter 10, 27 through 31. My sheep hear my voice. And I know them, and they follow me. And this is, of course, Jesus speaking. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them from my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Son of the Father. Son of God. Only of Jesus. And the Jews took up stones to stone him. Because no one should say what Jesus just said. No one should claim, I am the son of the father. I am the son of God. Unless they truly are. Jesus truly Son of God, people of God, what a blessing that the Son of the Father and the Father bestow their blessing upon who? Who are the recipients of this blessing? Second John says to the elect lady, the elect lady and her children, It is only to the elect that the continual blessing of God is bestowed upon those who know the truth. Our text will talk about that grace, mercy, and truth. And instead of saying to them, but it begins in verse 1, doesn't it? To the elect lady and her children, grace, mercy, and peace. So that to, one might have expected at the end, grace, mercy, and peace 
be with you from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father. Two. To the elect lady and her children in truth and in love. Oh, people of God. It is the people of God who experience the blessing of God. And no one else. No one else. It is a dividing line in all of humanity. And we experience that in truth and in love. It's those who are in the truth and those who are in love who are the recipients. In the scripture, when it uses the phrase in at times, it has a far more meaning, bigger meaning than the fact that we are simply in a place. To be in Christ is to have a mystical union with Christ, is to be one with Christ, Christ in me and I in him. Think of Ephesians chapter 1 and all the fullness of the in hymns in that passage of Scripture. And so when it says that that we receive this grace, mercy, and and peace, and truth, and in love, the word in there is talking about the environment in which we exist as the people of God because that truth and love is a very part of us as, as the first verse say, we abide in truth. Truth abides in us just as Christ abides in us. It is to the elect lady and her children and it's given. Remember John 1.17 For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. John 14, 6, Jesus declares, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We are in Christ. We are in truth. That means that the truth has been given to us and revealed to us in the power of the Holy Spirit. The truth about Jesus, about redemptive history, about our salvation resting in Christ and in Christ alone and grace and mercy flowing to us from the Father through the Son in the power of the Holy Spirit. And we receive that and we know that and we live out the reality of that in truth and in love. And that means that we both receive it, but we also know it. We embrace it. We live out of the reality of it. And we live it. We live truth. And we live love. So to receive grace, mercy, and truth in, uh, uh, grace, mercy, and peace in truth and in love means that, that we have an understanding of what it is because we know the truth, the truth that's revealed in all of Scripture and we, we know that and we receive it in love, a love that is given to us from the Father and a love that is expressed. Yes, we are in truth and in love with God, the Father, and Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, our Lord. People of God, it is no minor matter to receive the of God, to be blessed
blessed by God and to know that blessing by a true faith in truth and in love, in doctrine and in action. Embrace the love of God by faith. Believe the love, the truth by faith. Live out the reality of experiencing the blessing God day by day and hour by hour, you will receive grace, mercy, and peace will be with you, the elect lady and children. It will be with you. That means it will be with you in the hour of worship that follows the blessing, and it will be with you in the hour that follows the worship, and it will be with you all the days of your life, because no one can snatch us out of the hands of our Lord and Savior. And so we rest and we live in the reality of the blessing of God. Amen. Gracious God and Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you for your blessing. We thank and praise you, O God, that that blessing conferred and your name placed upon us is not a, uh, a reality that exists for a second or for five seconds that it takes to pronounce it. But, oh, Heavenly Father, we praise you that every day, as true believers, we live out of the reality of your grace and your mercy. And, oh, Lord, may this truly be food for our soul. And it may, may it refresh our flesh. And may we, O oh Father, in every way live in that reality to the praise and the glory of your name. This we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.